Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 23, Episode 15 mm-hmm. of the Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Tappy. And Mac. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Enthusiasm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You're enthusiastic. I am. In this episode, KSC writes in coining the term for what I was talking about in the last episode, if you happen to have listened to the last episode. Uh, Julie writes in on when to stop. And Doggos? Dogos? Doggos. Doggos? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sends us a horror story. Doggos. 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 Oh, yeah. from, uh, they're in the Slack or in the Discord. Okay. All right. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We stream the show live on Friday nights at 7 p.m. ish Pacific time. Um, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live if you would like to watch the show when we when we do it. And we're also on many social media rights. Mm-hmm. We're on. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. What? Nothing. <laughs> we're on. <laughs> no, we're, I think that's amazing. We're on Facebook, and we're on the Twitters, and we're also on Instagram. Yeah, <gasps> got that one right. Insta-kilogram. Insta-kilogram. No. <laughs> <And> <laughs> don't tell me, Daddy. Don't tell me. <laughs> and and me we. And I didn't post. I didn't post the the pre-show thing on me we. I forgot. I got work has been very busy. Yeah, but. You can find us there. Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. All one word. On all the social media is. On all of the social media rights. And if, <laughs> including Facebook. And if you would like, if you are in the Southern California area, or you might find yourself in the Southern California between February 15th and 18th, uh, we will be at Orcon 2019 at the LAX Hilton Hotel. Uh, and we're going to be streaming live games. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. And also, our show will be on Saturday night, and that will be yeah. streamed, hopefully, live yeah. as well. If you're going, mm-hmm. you can actually sign up to be in those games, too. Right. So it's going to be Happy Jack's GMs, and then half the players will be Happy Jack's crew, and then the other two will be sign-ups. So right. they are, all the games are already put in. Max running a game. Stu's running a game. Mm-hmm. I'm running a lot of technology shit. Um, and so I'm, yeah, and I'm doing stuff too. Yes, like, I'm doing yeah, a lot of great. stuff. It's really <laughs> real busy. You've got a seat in the bar. You have to keep warm. Yes, I do. Tappy will be there. Someone has, someone has to run and get my drinks, so that will be Tappy. Wait, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, so you can if you are pre-registered on pre-registration day, you can go and sign up to be in those games. Right, but there are only four player games, and there's only two spots mm-hmm. per game. Yes, yeah. so, so be on time. Actually, what I am is a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, unless somebody can't continue yes. because they fall downstairs or something like that, right. then I can jump in. Yeah, you won't push them. Or no. drink too much no. wine. Yeah. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you I haven't had any wine since the last con. Right. Because it makes me nauseous. Yeah, you've just had everything else. <laughs> I just had all the wine at the last con, so now yeah. I'm on whiskey. It's fine. So, until you can't drink whiskey anymore. Yeah, well... That problem will be problem for tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's future Kimmy's problem. Future Kimmy's yeah. problem. All right. Uh, urgent response to last email, last show from KSC. Let me just preface this by saying that I was talking at the last, in the last uh, episode, at the very end, we had an email. It's kind of a horror story about a GM who was kind of being a little bit too permissive 
with what your character. I want. I want to be this. I want to do this. You know. And it was a with a with a player who was too dem- like really seemed to expect to be able to do anything, and the GM didn't know what to do. Right, and, and just said, "Yeah, go ahead." Yeah, and and it got it got kind a little. Of, yeah. Well, yeah. It's. I mean, didn't that's, say no. It's, <laughs> that's kind of easy to do in a lot of PBT game, a games if somebody has expectations. Especially, right. sometimes they'll even get to just like, well, I want to use this move. You're not supposed to, right. but that happens. Yeah, right. but they weren't playing PBTA. Oh. So it was like uh. that, it was like kind of like that attitude that people sometimes who only pay, play PBTA <laughs> kind of get, and it was, I feel like it was D&D. It was something. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, was, I don't, I thought, wasn't it? Oh, it was Fate or something. Oh, uh, maybe it was. I don't know. It was, yeah, it might have been Fate. But it was not a PBTA game. But it was also it was something where the the player kept having these very specific ideas of what their characters should do and how their powers should work. I believe. And, and then, so I want to play a character who's a clockwork. Yeah. Something or other. And, and it's like, okay. Um, it's like it's like wanting to play a ninja in an old west game. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's right. the whole point right. of being a GM is that. There's yeses and nos to yes, things. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, so there has to be bare, like walls for how far right. you can go. I was trying to fig- kind of come up with: is this like a new emerging type of player, like player archetype? Yes, I think so. Right, and and, and I was kind of struggling to kind of describe this. Kimmy had said, "Well, maybe that's just like the like a hippie game version of a min-maxer. But he, let me read his email now because this guy, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. kind of. I think I agree with him. I didn't say hippie game. I'm just going to clarify that. Uh-huh. I didn't say. No, you didn't say hippie game. game. Was, <laughs> hippie game is a, a not bad. It's not pejorative. No. It's not bad shorthand for PBTA games and things no. like it. No, right. But I'm just going to clarify that. I mean, was you can say list. story games, but aren't most role playing games story <laughs> games? Yeah. If you're doing it right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So okay, hey guys. On hey. the last episode, Stu remarked that this on the that the subject of the horror story was suffering from the an RPG malady, but did not know. What the name was? I believe the term he was looking for was premature expectation. It was the best of times. It was the worst. Of t- Sorry, I was premature. I'm just gonna say right out: I hate premature expectations. <laughs> what's the, what's the most important part of comedy? Timing. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry. I let you do it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you ask me. Okay. What's the best timing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> It was a premature expectation. Right, exactly. That was the important bit. PE is typified by player by a player. Is there a blue pill for this? PE is typified by player assuming that it's few. <laughs> it's a whiskey. <laughs> Did you just get on the, the that we're talking about penises train, Chappy? <laughs> okay, I think you did. <laughs> I'm late to the penis train this time. (laughs) What the fuck? How did that happen? I have no idea. PE is typified by a player assuming that his view of his character's abilities and the direction the story should go is more important than not only the opinions of the other two to six people at the table, but the structure of the world as well. The horror story player did not foresee any arguments from the others or being disinvited from future games because all players with PE suffer from a form of delusion uh, where they actually expect that whatever they say will be accepted by the table and incorporated into the game for the simple reason that they said it. The PE player has put their fun and their needs above those of everyone else at the table. Hmm. I won't go so far as to say that 
played by the arrogant games. Oh, that's a throwdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of you who Whoa. didn't get it, played by the arrogant PBTA. Right. And I'm, wow. all, I'm all out of microwave popcorn. <laughs> uh, games attract Lord. more players with PE than, than rules-heavy games because I think you find them at both end of the tables, crunch and fluff. I agree. Uh, every time that, that a player claims they are being railroaded in a heavier rules set because they aren't allowed to engage in diplomatic negotiations with a berserker charging at full speed, ask yourself, are they joking? Or is this the first symptom of P.E.? <laughs> In short, premature expectation can be prevented simply by working with your partners at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to what they are saying, what they are doing, and before you do or say something that is totally different from every session before, take a breath and consider whether your act would contribute to the fun or just shut down the table. Thanks for listening, KSC. I love his chicken. <laughs> If your <laughs> expectation lasts more than four hours, <laughs> no, that's when you're taking your ED. So it's PEDs, which are performance enhancing drugs. Right. Yeah. Um, I there's one thing I want to talk about real quick that okay. is not really on this, but like the idea of being railroaded by a heavier rule set. I don't think I've ever met anybody, even ones who have this kind of premature expectation uh, that it's the rule set they feel is railroading. It's usually something having to do with uh, the GM. Now, these characters are characters. These players are the ones who will say they're being railroaded when they don't get to do all the things they get to do. They should be able to do. I think. Yeah, I think I agree. These ones will probably be the first to to cry railroad. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, like, like, kind of harkening back to the conversation we started last week, I, I 100% agree that this happens in both crunchy and fluffy games. Mm-hmm. And that was kind yeah. of to my point of like min maxers. Like, I feel like these pe- these people, PE sufferers, or <laughs> we inf- gotta come up with something P- else. PE inflictors more because they're inflicting it on everyone else at the table. PE bulls. PE bulls. I like that. Like, I feel like like people who are min maxing in more crunchy games, like D and D and stuff like that, or Hero. Things like that. It's got this. It, even though there's a lot more math involved, it's the same motivation. They uh, want to be the badass. They want everything to happen, regardless of how it fucks up everyone else at the mm-hmm. table or makes them like overpowered compared to everyone else. It's, yeah, well, like when Casey and I made our characters in Hero, I and there's very so fifty thousand times more powerful than anybody else. I right. don't know why I said Hero specifically <laughs> in my description. Yeah, but I mean that absolutely is like yeah. oh well this. Game is not fun anymore. Maybe we shouldn't do hero, right? <laughs> you know, Sorry, guys. I mean, there's a and okay. Jason Mills, who's one of our GMs and player and amazing here, has this great saying. It's like when you sit down at the table, you have a set of agreements, and one of the agreements is, in at least in most games, like I'm not going to pull a dragon out of my pocket. I mean, maybe it will if you don't have PE, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's what I like. That's to call another it. penis joke, by the way. <laughs> Nobody laughed, but I'm explaining <laughs> so, it. That, and that always makes it oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a gold dragon or a white dragon you got down there? Purple. 
Is the dragon's neck bent to the left or to the right? Or, or maybe just like screaming at the sun. It depends. <laughs> All right, anyway. This is an so angry, turgid dragon. <laughs> you have a waddle? Hopefully. All right. Does the uh, curtain match the dragon? <laughs> anyway. So, like, like, you have this agreement. You all are kind of working with the same set of rules. And I feel like those min-maxers, I, you know, for, for crunchy games, uh, the people, you know, we're talking about with in more story games who just come up with shit that doesn't seem to match and then expects everyone to go go with the flow of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a, to me, it's a breach of, like, the communal agreements when you sit down to a game with people. Yeah. It's well, frustrating. I... Yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those things too. Or I find sometimes the issue with players like this is that they think that they're being really clever as well. So sometimes they want to do these crazy things because they think that they're doing something that's a little that they're they're being smart. They're outsmarting everybody at the table. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's not the case. So I always try and find some kind of compromising line and find something that I can offer, but also why their thing doesn't work. and fortunately, I've been lucky that the, the players that I've been with have been like, oh, okay, and we find something to work. But it's you just sometimes you want to look at it and be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a, a clever move is working within the constraints that have already been created in the narrative and yes. coming up with something inside of that that still that, that doesn't break anything that has happened so far. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That might, might that, that to me is clever innovation. In a, in a, yeah, in a game. and right. it's it's difficult with some of. Uh, I mean, you're going to get it in rules heavy and rules light games, but I definitely see it a lot in uh, some of the rules light games because sometimes the powers and things are very nebulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Teenagers from Outer Space is a game where I've run into that a few times because that game, the powers are so nebulous that people kind of take advantage of that. Yeah. I, I once met a guy who was trying to make the argument that potence, potence could do everything because it just made you so strong. So if your legs are strong, you run faster, right? Mm. Or if you, and that's what he was, he was trying to do this sort of thing. Like, well, this is how the muscles would work. And the answer is you're a vampire. Your muscles don't work that way. You're, you're moving with fucking magic. Right, exactly. Well, right. Yeah. Also, not to get too technical, but I know some swole-ass motherfuckers at gyms who can lift shit for days, and then you ask them to run, oh, and yeah. they're like, thick <laughs> trunk legs, like, you <laughs> cannot move in You're the running motion. You're moving a lot of mass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a pug trying yeah, to run. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they can only move things, like, hey, vertically. hilarious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> not um, to get science involved in this no, no, bullshit, no. But, but, yeah. but that's the thing, it's like, oh, well, this should be able to do this because of this reason that right. I thought yeah, and that's the one. The problem, the same problem with minmaxers. Kind of, you're saying is minmaxers. <coughs> it isn't that you have high and low stats. High and low stats is fine. Being bad at shit is fine. Fun. But they try and put it to where the bad shit is stuff you never do. Yes. Or is covered up by the big stuff. And so it's just kind of the same thing of like, but narratively mm-hmm. is you know I get to I get to create a narrative. <coughs> so I'm going to make an insano narrative. That does exactly what I want, or cuts other people off from what I want, or cuts the GM off from doing what they want. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I started a thread on MeWe about this, and someone posted something. I didn't see this until just now, mm-hmm. and I just read through it. It's a little lengthy, but he brings up some interesting points. It's the first time we've been on MeWe since you posted it. 
No, I go on MeWe like every other every day. Every five. I'm sorry, I can't giggle. Help, but giggle every time you say MeWe. You know, it, it, it's no, fucking do, ridiculous. Do you know what I call people who are on MeWe? MeWeers. MeWeans. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> nope. Nope. Anyway, uh, he said. Um, it, the, the, if, is there a drinking group on there called Drink Me Weed? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, no, don't drink your weed. <laughs> unless, you, unless you're going to die. Unless it's from a purple dragon. Uh, he says, but this, phenom- <laughs> but this phenomenon I'm talking about is different, and it simply requires a compliant GM and the gumption to ask for something. I want to be a clockwork robot with laser arms. Okay, says the GM. If you're doing it well, because <clears throat> one of the things I said in this, in this post was that there's a kind of a distinction between... Someone uh, optimizing a character and cl- almost breaking the rules in like a Pathfinder game, mm-hmm. and someone in PBTA s- s- having the gumption to ask, "I want to be this. I want to be. I don't know. I want to be a sentient starship. I want to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's also a zombie and a wizard. Right. I want to play that character. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> You're also a necromancer. Zombie Necromancer dinosaur. Rex. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now he sa- he says that if you're doing it well, there's a lot of skill in this too, because there's actually skill if you're going to memorize all of the rules and figure out all the interactions to create a synthesis of this feat and that feat to create this broken character. Right. I don't know what that's like at all. Right. But he he says that that there is skill in doing this as well. It is a social manipulation rather than a rules manipulation. It is analyzing the GM and the rest of the table to know where, uh, what they will and won't accept. It is thinking outside the box to come up with ideas that will surprise the others to the point that it will push them past what they would normally agree to without going too far. It's creating logical arguments that will break down the barriers. It is what many, many call gamesmanship. And if you are playing something... Like poker and many other sports, it is admired. It's oh my gosh! It's a bad Tinder date. <laughs> kind right? of, yeah. When they're trying to push you back past the things you would normally right. like agree right. to. That's just a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. No qualification sorry. needed. Yeah, I don't, not Tinder specific. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, uh, um, another another person on on here, Dale, said that. He thinks they both come from the same place, which is, I want to play a badass character. Exactly. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, one is like, I want to play a badass character and I like math. And one is, I want to play a badass character and, and I... And I have the balls to just ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, yeah it, it, is, it is very, very, like, uh, inward looking. It's like, I want everything I... <coughs> I would like everything my character does to work. Yeah. And I want it to work exactly as I want it to. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put pressure on the GM to make that happen. Right. Now, what the, this uh, one, real quick. Uh, this one thing that he said, because I, I wish I'd seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I, I agree with the person above that min-maxing and story controlling come, I, come from the same place. But even more than that, I want to play a badass character. Uh, I am someone who wants to quote unquote win at role playing. Yeah. Um, uh, go, go ahead. One is just like I want to win. It's like a lawyer versus like a, a Facebook post. Like one is I want to win, but I have all the rules behind me that say this is okay. Like the min maxer has all the fucking rules. Like as a GM, you're like, yeah, you did it, but 
you're an asshole anyway. Like, yes, right. the rules say you can do that, but you're mm -hmm. a jerk. <coughs> and the the more storyteller game person is like, I have an opinion on Facebook that I'm going to tweet or whatever. You don't tweet mm -hmm. on Facebook. I know these things. But, um, like, these are my opinions. <laughs> I, have no, I have no rules that back me up on it, but you should pay attention and do what I say anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, that will just be loud yes. until you do it. I yeah. am going to post an opinion that I can tweet on Facebook now, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know social media, okay? It's fine. This is a tweet. It's on Facebook, it's but on this Facebook. is a tweet. <laughs> I mean, technically, if you attach your Instagram or your Facebook to Twitter, you can have... Like, never mind. So when does a social media become a social media right? <laughs> when Stu... Well, social media rights are little. MeWe is a social media right. Oh, really, okay. Technically. Because <laughs> um, it's still... It's a, it's a wee. It's a wee. Yeah. It's a me wee. One of, one of the things that I've, <laughs> I've heard people who do things like this say, especially when they get shut down, is like, that's not the story I would like to tell. Right. And it's like, okay, well, that that's an interesting statement. Um, because we are telling the story. But not just we are telling the story. You are your character in a story. Right. And that idea that... I, as a player, should be able to determine what is going or ha what is happening as much as a GM. There's somewhere players have like narrative, some narrative control. Sure. But when it's to the point where they basically assume they're <coughs> a GM and can override the actual GM for what they want to happen, that is when you really start to get into the problem. Right. Well, you and it's, at some point, it's just taking advantage of everyone else's being polite. Um, yeah. And yes. being, because you know, there is a certain expectation of, hey, like we play with these people, and a lot of people aren't as lucky as we are. Like we at Happy Jacks, we're all really good friends, and we hang out with each other when we're gaming and not when we're gaming. So we are incredibly lucky to live in a city where there's that many people you can game with and that are fucking cool. Right. But there's a lot of people who they go and game at gaming stores or they have a group that they don't really socialize with outside of gaming. So you're kind of taking advantage of the social norms of people aren't going to yell at me because they want our game to continue. And that's a really shitty thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, go ahead. And, and let's be honest, everybody at a certain point creates a character and they want to be a badass. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, but I think the more clever thing is finding a way to be a badass within the rules. If you can find a way to circumvent what is already there without it trying to break it, mm -hmm. To me, that's far more impressive. Right. And you're going to tell a much better story if you're all pitching in together. Um, like, like a, a, the collaborative storytelling that we, like, preach about so often. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, like there's so many times where I'm sitting at a table with people, uh, like, like here at Happy Jackson, like, at other home games and stuff like that. And people come up with shit that I never would have thought of. If there's one person that's just completely, like, railroading the narrative, like who's not the GM, like I use the word railroading, but like it happens sometimes where players start railroading the game too. I've right. seen it happen. Uh, like they, they can drive a theme truck and just people are polite by nature. Like especially when you get playing games with adults. You, you start driving down that path and like people are like, uh, this is terrible, but I maybe we shouldn't. Okay, they're doing it anyway. Okay, I guess I'll go with it. They're not going to call you on it. And, and it's just kind of shitty. And unfortunately, like a lot of times while it ends in that person being like, oh, this was fantastic. It ends with everybody else disappointed and it ends with you actually having a much less creative story than if everybody was participating. It's kind of hijacking the narrative control that the player that, that's supposed to be controlled Shared. by all of the players. And, yeah. and it, it, 
it's a kind of an attempt to hijack it. I yeah, think. Y- you should always have Not always but narrative control of your own character. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I don't. I take the agency word, but you should always have narrative control of your own character. Yeah, and the things that your character does that ripples out in the world mm-hmm. should happen because your character does stuff. Yeah, when you try and dictate what those ripples are as a player, mm-hmm. I think then you're starting to get into this realm. Yeah. Right. Um, then you're starting to tell the GM what to do. You're trying trying to tell players what to do. You're trying to to I- instead of do the, the impetus to actually like write what's happening because of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of bullshit unless you're playing fiasco. Yeah. Right. Like, and then it's amazing. <laughs> I mean there are there, there are I games mean, where where you do like a round robin thing and the player who is turn it is has Absolute narrative control yeah. or near absolute. Like ten candles. I was just about to say ten candles. Those, those are more like party games to me. Yeah, those like are, ten yeah. candles is is I like to think of it more as a party game than an RPG. Yeah, it's not. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you should always have narrative control of your character, and the stuff your character does, the the things that happen because of what your character does, should make sense. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, if the GM isn't doing that, that's a different problem. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, you don't you don't get to say what happens. Yeah. In my opinion, unless you're playing like one of those specific games, right. okay. more hippie game. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for the email and the uh, coining of the term "premature expectation." <laughs> it's very on brand for Happy Jocks. I yes. appreciate it. We, we need shirts. <laughs> so. I give you the slow clap. Yeah. Uh, thank you, KSC. Yes. I love this chicken. Uh-huh. I like the hot wings myself. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, how do you know when to stop? From Julie in CT, which may stand for Connecticut. I will read this one, I guess. Hello, Jackers. I've been running games for a while, and I've reached a point in a campaign where, oh, uh, in a campaign, which is a real rarity, I think we're reaching a conclusion point. Excellent. For background, this is a teen superhero game with space opera elements. I'm not the original GM, but out of five plus real world years this game has been going on, I've been the GM for at least two. The players are great, the characters are fun, and the adventures have been epic. There have been wins and losses, emotional highs and lows, and two spin-off games. Nice. Joni loves Chachi and uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great spin-offs. Happy Days? Remember Happy Days? Laverne and Shirley, that's one with Huss and Pfeffer Incorporated. I was going to say, yes. yeah, Angel, yeah. I was gonna say Angel from Buffy, but never mind. Um, <laughs> we're preparing for the next season, though. I realize that these characters have been through all the beats in a hero's journey, except for the final confrontation, which they are headed for now. At the very least, this chapter of the story is coming to a close in the next session or two. There are more adventures that can be had. There are plot threads left dangling and plenty of galaxies to explore and supervillains to fight. But I don't want to get into a realm of diminishing returns. That's right. All in all, I know it's a good problem to have. I'm just curious what you think. When your game doesn't end in a gaming horror story or fizzle out (laughs) because life gets in the way, how do you know when to close the book on a campaign? Thanks. I love the show and have for years. Julie in CT. So CT is uh, cock and ball torture without the ball part. Jesus. Oh, this is cock torture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cock torture. Julie, we'd like to apologize to you. Taffy's letting his fetishes get on the stream again. I apologize. That's never happened before. <laughs> Amazing. It's on brand. What? <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Who, who was it that coined the term always leave him wanting more? Someone yeah. smart? Um, I'm going to find out because that's 
when, if you've got a if you come up to me if you if you've got a good opportunity for a poignant ending for the campaign, yes. do it. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing as uh, reading a really good book series, you know. And sometimes it has to come to a conclusion. There's mm-hmm. an ending point of things, yeah. And you just kind of feel when it's the right time for something to end. Sometimes you just need to, or else it is the diminishing returns. It's the the fucking sequels that you're just like, oh my god, why are they still making these? Or prequels. It's like like when when Dresden Files, when when I'm finally reading that last book, I will have tears in my eyes. I'll be like, I don't want him to go. Oh my god, you (laughs) better fucking write more books. I know. Oh my god, if he ends it where it is, I'm gonna be so mad. But wouldn't you be upset if you, if he kept writing and he wrote so far past that ending to the point where it was diminishing returns? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be worse. I think... I mean, I think your instinct is right on just from the description. Like, it sounds like it's the time. Um, and that can be hard because people sometimes want more story to tell. One of the things that I love that Stu's done for multiple campaigns, and we have it coming up for our, our current L5R, the Kintsugi Chronicles, is after that final episode, um, having the people write epilogues. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Epilogging it's, is a great way to do things. Yeah, it lets them have that creative control. Like, the players have creative control of, like, the next step. But it also, like, doesn't make it so... I don't know. It, it doesn't make it so it's it's dragging on. Like, they can create, like, a cool ending, or not even an ending, like the next chapter for their character, without necessarily risking taking everyone into another part that is going to drag on forever. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of... I mean, one of the, the directors that I really, really, really like is Hayao Miyazaki, mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli. And, like, trying to imagine, like... Like, Nausicaa in the Valley of Wind is one of my favorite movies. I'm trying to think of a sequel to that would just make my head explode. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though there's so much more to do, and that, like, they, they finally just... Uh, they finally figured out what, like, the poison sea is doing, that it's healing the world, and blah, 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 blah. You could create so many stories after that, but it wouldn't be nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um... And so, like, any of those Studio Ghibli movies, if you think about a sequel, it just kind of hurts. It just yeah. doesn't really work. Um, you know, you could have so many things spin off of Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the story was told. Yeah. You know, it was done. So, if you went off onto those little side quests, basically, I don't know. I think it would kind of just be less intriguing and kind of let you down at the very end. I'll put it this way. Like, we've never had a horror story of a campaign that ended at a fantastic, like, fight. Right. Like, we've had plenty of stories of, hey, we had this amazing epic battle and we loved it and we kept trying to go and it just never hit that peak again. Right. So, like, not true with P.E., but, like, it's better to end too early than too late. That is true of P.E. (laughs) <laughs> Not for everybody involved. <laughs> Just gonna say. No, no, that's good for anybody, but that is true of PE. Yeah. Any too early is kind of the definition. <laughs> it's not good. No. It's the definition, but it's not good. Well, PE is not good. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I, I, I think your instincts are right on. Where like, like it seems like time. Yeah. Like have that. That moment and in that peak, because it's better, like you said, it's better to have them be like, "Oh God, I wish that campaign had gone on for years." They're like, 
Oh God! Remember when you tried to keep that campaign going on for I've, years? I've made that mistake yeah. numerous times. Me too. Yeah. And uh-huh. if it's a world that everyone is still in love with, like end it there. Have everyone roll up new characters and play like the next generation mm-hmm. or these superheroes, their sidekicks grow up and like whatever it is, like some cool thing that's still in that universe that everyone has that emotional attachment to, but is a new start, a fresh yeah. start. And right? you can totally do that. Um, the first game I ever GM'd was Phoenix Dawn Command, and mm-hmm. I picked up season two of it over with Saving Throw because otherwise the, the show is going to go away. Yeah. The, the GM was leaving. And what we did, because those characters are destined to burn out uh, anyway, is um, uh, I started it off and I did tie-ins to the first season mm-hmm. and made one of the characters from the first season the big bad for the second season because nice. it had been left sort of open. And it was funny because one of the players was the same guy, so he had his current character going up against his old character. Oh, and. It was it was a continuation of the story, but with new characters, new adventures, new things to explore. But that still p- uh, paid a lot of homage to the first season, mm-hmm. right? And that's important. I mean, it captures that spirit. It lets people continue with the nostalgia and all the time they've put into building that world and that backstory, but without things getting stale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play, getting to play new characters is great. I mean, you've been playing for five years. So right. getting it's a to play long a new character time. Would be great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we all have you know, times mm-hmm. when we jammed and tried to push past like I, when I was my first Apocalypse World game. It came to a huge, amazing conclusion we broke for a while. Tried to come back and it just, mm-hmm. just didn't work. And we played like two sessions and then we stopped playing. Right. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, so, I d- did the same thing. I ran a, 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 a very long groups fantasy campaign. Mm-hmm. Got to the final conclusion with the big bad guy in the big battlefield fight and they're like, no, we want to keep playing. And then I'm like mm-hmm. oh, no. and then I had to start come up with something. And it has to be bigger, right? It's got to be bigger than the ultimate evil wizard who's, you know, taking getting an army and is going to summon demon princes and take over the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- then, I don't know, what, spacemen come down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Ninja spacemen. Ninja <laughs> spacemen, exactly. Yeah. But I, Dragons. I, and I, I think the, w- the way that we've, we've tended to, to conclude the games, at least the games that I've ran, or I've run, is it, it kind of ends on that high point of the combat, and we mm-hmm. do all of the all of the epilogues. We we, we do all of the, the the you know the, the little final scenes. It's like uh, Lord of the World, uh, Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The very la- very end. It's like it's it's. 20 minutes of people hugging each other. Yeah, it's wrap up like we save <laughs> the like, world. 20 minutes of people. It is, right? The last the, the yeah. end of, the end of Return of the King. Yeah, yeah. It's like Yeah, it's what it is. It's a yeah. wedding and people are hugging and then there's go back to the Shire people are hugging and then right. it's hugging for <laughs> There's something bittersweet and satisfying at something coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but th- what th- But then th- you see like Bilbo going to Valinor, and that's a little sad, and like it's a thing. Never mind, kept going. No, no, <laughs> no. see, I'm not, I'm not there with you. I hate I'm you. I'm really not there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Valinor is like the 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 island where the elves came mm-hmm. from. It's like the the oh. Middle Earth version of heaven. Mm. But he can't live forever there because only elves can live forever there. People, mortals who go there, like die very quickly, but they have a very happy short time. Mm, that sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, good time and die. <laughs> But I, I don't think that would make a good role playing game. No. Conclusion. No. 
Yeah, that would be, I mean, that'd be a boring yeah. session. I mean, I mean I, we're, right now I'm collecting the epilogues from the L5R game. Yes. And Kimmy's, Kimmy's gave me chills. I'm reading through it. When it got to the part about... The thing? We, I, we talked about at dinner. I'm like, that's exactly... That's fucking exactly how that would happen. <laughs> but... And, and and we'll release that, and then the people who are listening to it can can read them, and all of us can read each other's and stuff like that. Yeah. But and I think that's a because because the campaign ended on okay, we fought the big bad guy, the big bad guy's dead, the world is saved. Ta-da! And yeah. and then mm-hmm. all the the life goes on stuff. We just did an epilogue. So mm-hmm. I, 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 there's no reason. I mean, yeah, we're streaming, but I, even even if you're not streaming. If everyone were to write a little character epilogue at the end of a game, I'm sure all of the players, if it was a fun campaign, would want to would would Absolutely. definitely. We did that for Moat too. Yeah, yeah and, and Moat was that was hard for me because yeah. I came into it so late. You guys had already been playing it for so long. Yeah. So when I came into it, I didn't get to play the game for very long. Right. But it was still so satisfying. It was such a good place, and writing the epilogue for that was just fantastic. It's, it when, gives you. Oh, go ahead. When you said moat, I in my head it was M O A T. No. And it's like moat of sin, and then it's like this like sin, sin. like all around. <laughs> you. Like, like nope. people trying to jump into the sin, yeah. and then it's a like, little tiny speck mm-hmm. in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I keep people away from my castle is my moat of sin. <laughs> Your moat of sin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I have. I, I mean, I love those because it gives you closure on a character. Right. Because you get you you can't help as a player but be like really emotionally invested in a character. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. it gives you a great way um, to to continue their story past the ending point. Maybe the party like splits up. Maybe they don't. Maybe they stay together. Right. Um, but it lets you kind of explore. Okay, what might would my character have? What would happen to my character next? Um, <coughs> like my our very first L five R campaign. Um, like my character, you know, was a good, you know. Rokugani woman. She went into a prestigious marriage, had children. Like, like there's neat things that you like. Okay, after this epic thing is done, what would my character want? Right. Well, she married a man. Is she died in childbirth? It was <laughs> yeah, very, right. very yes. tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, because they had a lot of tragic. It's L five R. Tragedy's fun. Yeah, it's it super fun, and it's super fun to be able to. <laughs> at that point, that's when you get to just have a hundred percent creative control. It doesn't matter about the dice rolls. Like right. you can say, my character did something amazing with the party. This is what I want their next part of their story to be, without having to like have that kind of like roll of the dice choice. So it's fun. Yeah, and I think also in in normal life we typically don't have a nice ending to things. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't have that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Even when you do manage to finish something, you don't really get that sense of satisfaction. And so I think in role-playing games, that's really amazing when it gets to be like, and done. Right. Right. And if you keep on going, then it is more like real life where like nothing's really satisfying because mm-hmm. you have so much to do or whatever. Yeah. Or things didn't turn out great. Or, um, that got dark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just thinking about like you're writing an epilogue or your character's in like, Scare or something. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. My brain just went down like really bad. But well, I mean, you get you get the opportunity here with this five year game to give them that nice closure and finish and done. And and let me just say, for the 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 most recent L five R, it would be nice if all of the players talk about their characters, what happens, and and their end, how they die. Because yeah. that was one of the cool things. Like Dave's character, Dave's character in the original campaign, 
everyone like committed seppuku or died, and Dave Dave's like, I'm gonna have a happy ending. Yeah. And he like lived his life. He had a bunch of children and grandchildren, and then at a very very old age, he died in bed, surrounded by his family. Yeah, that, that sounds like a Dave, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is but that I, is hundred like percent on that. brand. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, on brand for his character too. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. That right. is that is, I I can totally one hundred percent imagine Dave. Right. Playing that, yeah. Yeah. And and Tyler's character had had been tainted during the course of mm. the course of the campaign. I know. <laughs> I was almost not going to laugh. But but he, he eventually his character succumbed, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know had had that had that very dark ending. So, but yeah, I I think I mean, if you think you're near the end, and, and definitely Do especially it. if you're GMing. You're a player too, and you need to have fun. And if and if this is like this is a this is going to be a really satisfying ending, I think. And uh, this is what I this is where I want to end it. End it and go place run something else. Well, and okay, you can always come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the cool thing about ending in a good place. If like six months down the road, like like everyone's like, oh god, I wish we could just do the next day after that battle. Like there's nothing stopping you from doing that shit. Yeah. Right. Get an idea yeah. of what yeah. is next. It's like, okay, hey guys, I want to go back to the game. Yeah. And epilogues don't have to be, like, the rest of your existence either. I mean, that's another thing with, uh, specifically with Mode of Sin, was the characters are still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we could come back to that, I hope. Maybe. Wink, wink, wink. Oh, no, I I definitely want to have a reunion game. Did I I tell you what what I'm running at the game convention? Yeah, you told me. It's fucking amazing. Do it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, what did I call it? Uh, a holiday on Caravel Island, or uh, something like that, which is I, the actual name of the mode of sin. I didn't, I didn't call it that. I didn't know that was the title, so I called it "Mortals on the Mode of Sin." Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> because, because um, it has nice, nice alliteration that way, though. Right, yeah, I really like alliteration. Like, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> but it's, it's basically, it's going to be a group of like old college friends who decide to get together and go on vacation on this little resort island off the coast of Southern California. <laughs> And hilarity ensues. <laughs> yes. So that that's that's the plan. It, it's going to be fascinating because I'm going to run it in Chronicles of Darkness, which Michael. I should probably read. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, way to sell your game, Sue. I haven't. Well, I, I read New World. What, what, what was that called? It was just called World of Darkness, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and, and rules wise, I don't think it's changed much. Yeah, I mean there mm, there are. There are some things that are relatively significant, but I'm making more. But it's still, it's still, yeah. I mean, it's still the same like day school right. mechanic bullshit. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I think if you're at a good spot to end it, end it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, don't not. Uh, uh, next email is a G- DM horror story from Doggos. Dogos. Dogos. I like horror. Doggos. Mm-hmm. Should I should I read? Sure. Yeah, we, we should read that. You may want to. Um, um, Divide it up because this is like a four, page, almost a four, three, three page email. I'll right, well. start the first page. You can read the second. We'll swap pages. It's a verdy one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll do that. All right. I'm gonna. I'll start off then. Uh, hey, Jacksonville, Missouri. Because what's worse than being in Missouri? I'm gonna share a tale of a game I was in for a very short time. Drink for the despair. Mm, mm. This is gonna be one of those. During the early days of Discord, for me at least, we were trying to organize games on my server and a member volunteered. We'll call him Dan the DM. Dan had written a large campaign and was eager to run it, and we had a small group eager to play, myself and two other players. Sam the Gunslinger and Karen the Cleric, I think so for Karen, 
Uh, I was playing a name I still use today on and off when I need to, Steve Phoenix, the bard who also went by Mac of the Wood Fleet. Oh, it's going to be one of those games. Elaborate puns are my jam. <laughs> if my email didn't tip you all off, uh, please don't actually read my address on air. <laughs> Depends on how the rest of this goes. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I already like this person. All right, let me look it this up, human. just in case we need to. All right. And off to adventure! We had to do separate first sessions, no zero, because of scheduling. So Sam and I arrived in Port Fort Racist. That's Whoa. right. Our lizard gunslinger, Rango Django, played by Sam and my tiefling bard for some reason, thought we sh- quote, we should travel to the xenophobic locale because of course. Unquote. So we get vivid descriptions of the citizens' distaste for us and eventually find an inn to gather at. And wouldn't you know it, a whole group of guards shows up. You see, they saw us come in today, but last night there was a murder, so of course it must be our fault. So they start to question everyone else first as they make their way towards us, and the DM keeps telling us that we have no chance. So we run through a window, and Django's shot. And then we begin, quote, the escape, unquote, in which Dan puts us on the World 20 map, which is a small, maybe 20 by 20 setting, and we move our tokens in increments while we move ours. I saw this movie. It's called Reservoir Dogs. (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, here, you want to read this page? Sure. Uh, now, I hate when people treat real game time and in-game time as the same. Oh, yeah. Oh. It only works only in very select circumstances. Uh, but we kept asking, wait, are they running? No? Then why are you moving them twice as many squares of us? Uh. What's the point? So this continued for minutes of us getting to the edge and waiting for him to move to a new page while we waited for him to load the next segment. Eventually, we hid in an alley. They found us, we knocked out the guards in a frustrating com- combat, and Gabo McGoberson, I can't remember, shows up, saying how amazing that was, and offered aid. We get directed to a church. Glossing this, church has an old friendly dude, not racist, or at least doesn't realize we aren't human. We crash and try to heal up. The next day, we have to sneak around the town, find a mer- who will, merchant who will overcharge to take us through the town to the other side, where it's much less wealthy, but not racist. Yeah. So we do. The merchant betrays us for some reason, and we run another forced fight, eventually make it across through some abandoned tunnels, and arrive. We also meet up with Karen. End of session. Poor Karen. <laughs> like, and now you're in. Okay, we're done. Aww. Cool. Uh, end of session. Players have a meeting. Uh, we're bouncing, popping out of this shithole, and testing how much we can bend or break these rails. Uh, yeah, because p- port racist sucks. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the next session, we talk with Gabo, who tries to recruit us for some rebel cause. We say, sure, adventure's motto, and go on this journey through the sewers and across blocks to get supplies. Man, always the sewers. It's so yeah. fucking gross. Uh, we get them, and Gabo is there to escort us back. Okay, so I... I oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's been hiding in wait, you see. He's got this prepared, you see. He's actually Gabo's evil twin racist brother, Bago, you see. There is no way to know, you see. Mission failed. We regroup. <laughs> confront Gabo, who thought Bago who worked with the guards and is indistinguishable from him, wouldn't be relevant. Uh, we want to leave. There's two major roads, a bunch of forests, and also this side of the city. The whole place was walled. 
uh, had a couple hundred yards of damaged walls. Den doesn't know what to do. He has his whole arc planned for us, and we have zero motivation to be there. The cause doesn't care for us, and why would we even have come here? We'd all bail at the first sign. Dan, we can't take the roads because they're patrolled a bit for a bit by guards. Us. Okay. Let's travel through the words then. Dan, those are CR9 and not balanced. I don't know what would happen. What? Huh? <laughs> Wait, Excuse me? You do know what would happen. You're the, you're the GM. Right. <laughs> you can make them. Okay, so, so which way do the tracks go then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which way do we go? Which train? Where, in a oh, yeah. circle, the train rams into itself, right. and it just becomes a giant pile of burning. Oh, God, right. isn't it an Ouroboros train? Yeah. It could be. It is. It's a giant burning pile of railroad is what it is at right. that point. Also, somebody illustrate that Ouroboros is a train. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, That's a very specific joke, but I love you. Yes, and a robberous train? A, a train eating its own caboose. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, it's passing its own salad. <laughs> Wait, what? That's not the same. It's happening. not a salad tree. No, it's not. No. <laughs> a train giving itself a rim job? Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly what I mean. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> Did I stutter? We, kn- we know what you meant, Tappy. It just wasn't funny. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I beg to differ. Uh. <laughs> See, I got a snort. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Us. Us. Well, we'll sneak along the roads until we're clear and hitchhike. Uh, Who wants to take the next one? I'll do that. Cue skill challenges. We managed to jump the broken wall and book it. Shortly after... uh, I wonder... Book it. uh, I wonder if you're mm, around my age. how, How long is that... Does that... Do people not say that anymore? I'm asking for a friend. I'm not a mortal. I, do, I don't know. I don't know. I have not heard that term in a long time. Like Look it. Yeah. 13, what? 13, 14. Yeah. I don't know. The fuck? I, 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 I still say book it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. But then, of course, <laughs> I haven't been around normal society for a long time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, I know the reference. I don't say it. Right. But, yeah. Shortly after, we meet in a traveling. We meet a traveling troop. Um, away. Oh, no, you didn't do Q skill challenges. Oh, okay, Q skill challenges. We managed to jump the, the broken wall. No, I said that the broken oh, wall. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, you did. Okay. Shortly after, we meet the, a traveling troop. A way too easy conversation uh, to ride with them. One day later, in in the journey, there's a chest in the middle of the road. It's in the way, so we check it out. We check for traps. Investigate it. Spend a long time, and then it opens. And waiting for us is experience. Wow! I heard only artists get paid oh. in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 that's exposure. That's oh, exposure. sorry, sorry. That's different. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk about chest with exposure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, we do. Exposure chests. Right. <laughs> it's, it's better than PE. Right. <laughs> Enough for all of us to level. And the chest vanishes. What? We carry onwards to a small oh, village where, they're, they're, where they'll be performing. So the in truth. my head he goes, dun 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 Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, you open it up, it's like, is this a fucking video game all no, of a sudden? Okay, no, no, that, that music cue, like, 
brings nostalgia and happiness. Right? Like, that actually happening at the table brings me going, fuck you, I'm out. Imagine that out of, like, in a discordant key, then. Right. Yeah. Well, couldn't you in just, a like... minor key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a hilarious musician joke. Oh, it's, it's somebody, like, playing it on an organ, old organ grinder box. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. I want, I want a hurdy-gurdy so bad. There's one around Stu's here. Stu's got really? one, yeah. Well, it's not mine, it's Heather's. Dang it. She it's, leaves it here for a certain amount of time. I feel like it's, it's yeah. communal it, property. It is the, the pain her, in the ass to t- tune. I know, oh. which is awesome. I can play a turdy gurdy out of tune. It's <laughs> even better. There are very few that get played in tune. Small <laughs> Sting. Sting played one in tune once. I right. saw him on like a Grammys or something, and he played a hurdy gurdy, and it was in tune. I'm like, well, that must be an expensive hurdy gurdy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also have three people to tune it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who have degrees in, in hurdy-gurdy tuning? For those of you who don't know what a hurdy-gurdy is, Google it. Also, uh, if you watch Black Flag, the Bear McCreary uses it in the, the opening of that, that pirate show. That was fireworks. It's not good. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Poor Kane on the We've shows. been in your neighborhood long enough, Stu, to be able to tell the fireworks from the gunshots. Mm-hmm. It's good. All right, All right. Small Village has nothing of note except for a salesman who gives us heavily upgraded gear for like 50 gold. So basically, he's twinking the party because he's got a bad, a big, a big yeah. combat. Combat. Well, it's a CR nine forest. That's right. <laughs> now you're in a CR twelve village. Yeah. Um, I had swappable elements on my rapier that was now just Weiss's weapon. I don't get the reference. Oh, from the series Ruby. Never saw it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or read it. That or explained it. everything, Tappy. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> RWBY from the series RWBY, and Django and Karen got some upgraded gear that I thought was a flat bonus. We then are told there's a one-way portal to the underground thieves' cove and the troop doesn't want to travel with us anymore, so, okay, stuff gathered, let's go. We don't need this town, I guess. We need this town anyway. Right. Warped into the middle of the street of what of what's magical, a magical slum. Yes. <clears throat> He's not great at describing it. Almost immediately a kid bumps into us. I know exactly what the DM is thinking, so I try to break the rails. Clarify with the with the player that, to my fear, they keep all their gold in one location, which, of course, the kid got. We chase the kid, pin him to the ground, and force forcefully interrogate him. <laughs> don't, wa- don't waterboard children. Um... I'm even, a man- in, even in uh, yeah. RPGs. Yeah. I, I'm a mandated reporter. I'm not sure I can listen to the rest of this email. <laughs> it's a fake kid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not but, a real kid. But the next sentence is amazing. And I Can, can yeah. I read the next yeah, sentence? Go, go. We were no longer good, but neither was his plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's beautiful. Dago is one of my favorite people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somehow he passed off the gold to they a companion. They are amazing. They're super and lies to us with a sword in his in in his leg. What? They stuck a sword in his leg to get him to talk. Oh, okay. For a second That's there, I, I was I was like, <laughs> oh, my brain just went somewhere else. Like Why he had a peg saying? leg that was a sword or something. <gasps> if I was in this game, I'm hitting the X card. <laughs> right. DM didn't even have us roll or roll himself to let us know this was a lie. Well, we escort this kid to another inn. That's his boss's base of operations. We deal with uh, bartenders and whatnot. Eventually told to go through the back. It's an ambush with a capital A for DM ass hattery. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. The I kid, mean, it's terrible, but... Right. The kid is there, had lied to us. We were furious, 
there weren't any roles or hints at this, and the and a whole bunch of bandits and their boss. Q A O E attacks and pretty quick, a couple rounds of us wiping the floor with everyone because we messed up his place because he messed up his placements. Money reacquired. Kid dispatched. Happy Jackers drink. Yehida done. We are we are politely asked to leave the premises. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, you've murdered everyone. Can you please leave? Yes. Oh my god. Um, this is so good. I want recaps from this guy on like every game. Right. We don't we don't allow murderer here, so <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. No shoes, no shirt, no murder, no service. <laughs> We then get the, one of my favorite favorite lyrics in any song. No shoes, no shirt, and I still get service. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, L- M- L- M- I'm L- sexy, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know yeah, it. I love it. No shoes, no shirt, and I still it's get service. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> lyrics are so freaking funny. Um, <laughs> we get sent around the town for some errands and meet an old blind woman. Uh, the way Dan describes this woman's house and how unkempt it is covered in filth and a mess because she's blind, we stop. We have a conversation about how that's not cool at all, very insensitive, and not the shit we're here for. We talked about some stuff we didn't want in the campaign, and he's been not so great already at it. There was some homophobia <clears throat> in in setting we we had none none of that we had that's the thing we we wanted none of. We right. I got yeah. it. Okay. Uh, we depart and she warns us Werewolf. She warns us of werewolves. But werewolves are awesome. But, oh, where are they? Yeah, but <laughs> warns us and also gives us really detailed directions to them. Right. <laughs> what I later found out is Sam is a massive werewolf lover, and as I write this email, has sent me new sketches of eclipse wolves. What are eclipse wolves? I don't know. Maybe it's is one of like, the were- like werewolves, like the uh, Stephanie okay. Myers. I mean, okay, well, I hope not because it's not a capital E, so it's not the name of the book. That's what I was wondering. I was like, oh god, it's not. However, the depending on which ver- uh, when you're playing uh, werewolf, and depending on what kind of werewolf you are, you have different phases of the moon that affect you differently. Yeah, like there's. So Arin. I'm going to go with that. Okay, there's Arin right. is the the. Full moon in yeah. White Wolf, but I forget what the Eclipse one is. I have forgotten as well. Excellent. All right. Uh, eclipse Wolves. So this this was hitting a nerve. Yeah. Uh, what? Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get uh, sent to another NPC to meet with and start our next plot hook as he just rolls and rolls and rolls while we walk. He's rolling for random encounters. Uh <laughs> waiting until <laughs> waiting until he sees some numbers he wants, and sure enough, right as we see the house we need, he describes a cloaked guy in an alley starting to change and morph as he howls. And wouldn't you know it, we're the only ones he has his eyes on. We run toward the door as he finish, finishes changing. Uh, door locked. We try to, to get them to open it. Q fiasco of Dan basically racing against himself as we panic. Uh, are low on spells and health because we had another random encounter oh. before. See, I was right before this, and are tumbling in as we slam the door. But of course, one of the couple who resides here got cut on the chest while closing the door. She starts to shift 
and the session ends. Yeah! Dun-dun-dun! The three of us talk, uh, again, talk. This was either session three or four. There was one more session cut, but years affect memory. And decide that after all (laughs) we had to deal with, that nothing improved, we call it quits. Let Dan know he's obstinate about ending about it ending and keeps trying to bribe us back with items or starting another campaign, but we knew. We had broken the rails and he built new tracks and these trains were going nowhere we wanted. The happy ending to this is that (laughs) although I had to kick Dan out of my Discord months ago, Karen still talks with us and Sam is about to start a Monster of the Week game set in a small college town we met in. On, On top of being a rad artist. Doggos in Discord. P.S. I'm waffling on sending another horror story uh, that is about my current DM on the off chance he does end up listening to these somehow, but I doubt it. It wouldn't be an anthology. It would be an anthology of absurdity. Change your name and yeah. change the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Change your name know. to protect yeah. the innocent. Exactly. Or not yeah. so innocent right. if your GM sucks that bad. Right. So. Don't uh, Good one. I, yeah. That was a good one. Good word. Oh, <laughs> fuck. So people in the chat room are actually, and I know, like, like I don't want to like talk about it for too long, but they're like, why do people want to play in games where there's specific groups that are targeted, um, mm-hmm. and there's like, um, like that prejudice and persecution that happens? So I think that might be an interesting topic for us to talk mm-hmm. about. Oh, you mean you mean the the. Uh, Depicting racism in, in right, game, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. I mean, there right. are places where it's interesting to include that it, right. in a way that's respectful and not like appropriating someone else's struggles and story, right? Yeah, well, and also making light of them, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. See, so, I, my 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 philosophy has always been: if you if you're playing a character who would be oppressed or the subject of racism or something like mm-hmm. that, you tell me if you want it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not really that comfortable depicting it because I have to play the racist NPCs, right. and I don't want to. And that mm-hmm. sucks. If you're going to make me, I'll do it, but I don't want to. Right. <laughs> I think it's an interesting, an interesting thought though, because like, like Heavy Metal Jess in the chat room was like, "Why would people even want to play in that setting?" Right. And I think like there's a duality there, and I think that might be an interesting topic yeah. for a future. I mean, a future episode. Uh, I don't think that he wanted to play in that one. No, he, no didn't. he didn't. But other but, people at the yeah. table might. And so there's interesting... I think it might be interesting to have a conversation about why people do, whether it's people who haven't experienced that. Um, because there are interesting ways that people can build empathy that way, too. If they've never been, uh, like, subject to that. Well, it's like I was talking about running Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about running a game of Song of Ice and Fire, where if you're a, a male player, you have to play a female character in in, mm-hmm. in in that world, and if you're a, a woman player, you have to play a male. You play a male character mm-hmm. to sort of have that role reversal. Because mm-hmm. even in that game, it strongly depicts that stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the first games I ever played in uh, as a role player was in the Eberron setting, mm-hmm. and I played a shifter character because, yeah. of course, I did. Yeah, shifters Shocked. are considered yeah. uh, very poorly yes. by most society in that game. And I have played in other games where I've played, because if there's a werewolf character option, I'm going to take it, because I can't help myself. Right. Uh, where that's come down, I was in a Harry Potter game. And again, it's something where that's very much looked down on, and it was really fascinating to explore that side of things, especially being you know, uh, a woman in society where sometimes you feel very much 
put out and put down by by things. So I think it's an interesting realm to explore in, but only if everybody has discussed and agreed to it. Because I like playing those characters. I like having those challenges thrown at me, mm-hmm. but not at the cost of the comfort of others. Right. right. Well, and that's an interesting way to do it too, because that's a fantasy take on that. Exactly. So it's not a like while it is very much alluding to things that happen in the real world, right. it is not a direct like. Yeah. Up, They're like, mad at you because you turn into a fucking snarling monster right. once a month. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't well, know. It's, it's like the whole thing of dwarves and elves not liking each other. That's a yeah. very that's a very safe form right. of racism because. Yeah. They don't it's exist. It's not real. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's not real. Well, and even also, if it may, it may in in, in sometimes be an analogy for for right. real. But it, it's also very much like there isn't sort of systemically one of them is at a loss. They yeah. just dislike each other, right? Yeah. Right, as a group. Um, but Which, I I tried to run and I failed. I I, had, I stopped playing this game after or running this game after just a few sessions, uh, where I had. Uh, all of my players were, mo- were women, and they were playing female characters in Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the idea was, let's fuck the patriarchy. Right. I was not able to play the characters. I just couldn't fucking do it. I could right. not yeah. do it. It hurt too much. And then there are other things going on in my life that kind of reflected on it. And right. I was just like, I can't. I yeah. can't do it. This is this is too hard for me. Yeah, it's fucking hard. One of the other games that I'm I'm actually currently in with a Geek Space TV is I'm playing in a Night Witches game, mm. and it's based on That's cool. the Russian Night Witches, right. who flew bombing missions in shitty fucking planes and fought the Nazis. And there's uh, the the GM um, SG Trooper. Um, he he's not shying away from the sexism that was inherent at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a good game, and I'm having a good time, but it's also really brutal at times, because it's like, fuck, yeah. I'm still dealing with some of the shit now. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's a, a, a tr- real element, Tomes is talking about this in the chat room, of, like, self-therapy. Like, and, and while that can be a hard thing, and, like, especially us, we stream games, and it's a scary thing to touch on, like, it can be... If you are honest about it and talking about it with your players and you have safeties in place, like, it can be an interesting way to explore things. Like, there are a lot of LGBTQIA plus people who their first experimenting with their true identity was playing uh, a character of the opposite gender at the role-playing table. Mm -hmm. So it can be a healthy way for people to explore, like... Other parts of their uh, other parts of their self. It is not a replacement, is, however. Yeah, as long as it's not therapy. Right. <laughs> therapy is good. Therapy uh, is great. Therapy. Go to therapy. therapy is therapy good time. Kicks ass. Her- yeah, the, the Happy Jacks RPG group would like to like endorse fucking therapy. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, no, no, no. And therapy, not fucking therapy. Therapy. Right. Or both. Like that can oh. be good too. Again, I say, poor K no lo Yes. Fucking therapy is like sex therapy. Sex therapy. I was thinking massage parlors. No. That's different. <laughs> no, no, please, please do not <laughs> ask uh, massage therapists for sex. Don't or, do or it. Or therapy. Yes. So, um, but but anyway, like it can be an, an interesting <coughs> way for people to explore different mm-hmm. things. I would never condone someone exploring to being a racist, but someone exploring how to deal with someone who is the victim of racism can be a growing experience in a safe space with respect. I mean, I, I don't necessarily condone t- like taking on the story of somebody else, but if it's something that can in the long run build empathy, it can be a good tool, especially in the privacy of somebody's home. 
So, I don't know. It's something, like, obviously you have to be very respectful about it. It's something you have to have a very clear conversation with everyone at the table about. But it can't, like, there, we, we can't deny the possibility of role-playing games to explore avenues <coughs> of society and our own personalities right. that we can't normally. Yeah. I mean... I li- I like role playing games because of a, for escapism, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that and I I don't I don't know I don't like to. The world sucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and it's like let's let's not have that. Let's or, or let's have a world that sucks where the players get to fix things. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's a little ass. of both because, like you said, I I tend to play characters that have a lot of fucking problems right and uh, <laughs> part of where i um experience the most uh out of those characters in role-playing is being able to overcome in a way that sometimes i can't in my everyday life yes right oh yeah and, and make connections in ways uh that are unexpected based on that type of character right mm-hmm. and so it it can be it's not therapy, but it is therapeutic. Sure. I can, in, I can totally way. see that. I can totally see that. So it just, uh, like I said, it's, it's interesting for me just because I play those kind of characters a lot. And it is interesting because at the beginning of this this email, specifically notes that it's uh, a, somebody who is a, a lizard of some sort <coughs> and also a tiefling. Right. So they... I could see some. I could see them having wanted to maybe explore in the same way that I have with my kind of characters, mm-hmm. but there's also a limit. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's like um, in uh, in Monster Hearts, I played a character who was Chinese, oh. and a lot of the backstory and experience of that character is based on a friend of mine who is my age group in the '90s, who's Malaysian of Chinese descent, mm-hmm. and also just talking with her about what growing up was like. Um, and, you know, she was uh, in a place where there weren't a lot of Asian people. It was very teased and all these things. But also, like, finding out how few, like, Asian women were on TV. How little oh, sure. representation mm-hmm. there was. It blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Right? And and it was very isolating. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to bring that into my character. But I, I still don't know what it's like. Right. You know, I'm right. not... Uh, I'm not actually. This is. This doesn't mean that I understand. You're not a woman. You're not a right. minority. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like I, I get to learn a lot about just uh, like what that is like, just being a teenager in the '90s. Right. Um, and uh, it's in some ways it's it's heartbreaking. In other ways it's it's really interesting. Uh, and yeah, you get to you get to find things out about different people's experience. Right. Now, you, I don't want to do, do that all the time. I'd rather be, like, a cobalt, like, shooting things <laughs> with a crossbow. Right. right. Um, you also yeah. have to be really aware of the other people at your table, because um, people are sh- talking about this in the chat room. Like, there have been times where I've been at the table, and I've had, um, like, male players play a female character, and, sh- like, them, like, the, their female characters are struggling with this, the, the, the hardships of being a woman in society. Mm-hmm. That can be really fucking difficult. Sure. Like, well, yeah, like, I'm, I'm understanding that you're trying to put yourself in that place. It's like, it's a thing that I deal with every day. Right. And while I, like, spend a ridiculous amount of my time being a strong woman, both physically and mentally and, like, in an emotional place and putting myself out there to be a, a fe- strong female role ma- model for my students and people in the gaming community and all these things, like, 
there's daily struggles. Right. And it becomes a part of who you are, so you stop noticing it until people point it out. Mm-hmm. And watching someone playing in that space, playing at being what I am can be difficult. And I can't even imagine what it's like for people who are minorities or things like that. Right. So if you're going to play in that space, which can be an interesting growing experience, please don't put your interesting growing experience over the comfort of other people at your table. Right. Because you might think it's really interesting to... Who don't get to escape it when they walk away from the fucking right. table. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, like, make sure you talk to everyone, and they, in a safe way, are able to say no. Right. Don't walk up to someone at the table and be like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this, are you okay with that? Because, again, like just like yeah. the PE we talked about at the beginning... People yeah. are going to want to be nice yeah, most of the time. If they say no, then they're the asshole. Yeah. Right. It's like, like just think twice about it and, and really like think about, like, are there ways I can learn about this and explore this in a way that isn't going to be... <coughs> like, like making their experience into my game experience. Well, or is my fun going to fuck up their fun? Yeah. Right. Right? Because if... Like you said, like if somebody is is playing a game in such a way that reminds you of bullshit in your life, yeah, then that kind of ruins your fun, Absolutely. at least a little. Yeah. And so if you're like, uh, that's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's escapism at the end of the day. Like I said, even uh, you know, I play difficult characters, but it's still uh, escapism mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You do yeah. play difficult characters. It's true. <laughs> I'm a difficult person. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> I know this about myself, <laughs> but we love you anyway. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're good? Yeah, so yeah. The, the racist railroad story <laughs> is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it also leads to like, a fucking great discussion. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who was that? Doggo. Doggo. Thank you, Doggo. Thank you. Doggos. Doggos. Yes. Doggos. Good Doggos. And super glad to see you in Discord, so thank you for that. Yeah, I haven't been on Discord in a long time. Do it. Do it. the thing. Yeah. And wah. Thank you for joining us for season 23, episode 15 of Happy Jack's Episode Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Tappy. I'm Mac. And thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Happy Jackson.org slash live. Yep. Thank you very much. Check out Happy Jackson.org slash schedule for our streaming schedule, too. Or schedule if you're from England. Or fancy. No, don't. If you go to happyjacks.org slash fancy, nothing's there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, fancy saying schedule. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll leave this on. Also, why isn't there happyjacks.org slash fancy? To your fair maid, you tend in your flock. What brings you so early unto this green spot? My father's in the field and he's waiting for me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. My father's
a shepherd herding sheep on the hill. If you get his sanction, I'll be at your will. And if he does grant it, then right glad I'll be. Call the owls to the nows. Bobby and me, call the owls to the nows. Bobby and me. Good morning to your old man, you're counting your flock. Could you spare me a ewe lamb for to keep up my stock? And grass for to feed her on yonder green lea. Call the owls to the nows. Bobby and me, call the owls to the nows. Bobby and me. Gang down to yon burnside and choose your ain lamb. You can get it as easy as any man can. And grass for to feed her on yonder green lea. Call the owls to the nows. The hand and right for her father, this couple did stand, saying, This is the ewe lamb that I asked from thee. Call the owls to the nows, Bobby and me. Call the owls to the nows, Bobby and me. Oh, Tommy, oh, Tommy, it's me you beguiled. I sure did not think that you meant my own child. And since I have said it, well then let it be. Call the owls to the nows, Bobby and me. Call the owls to the nows, Bobby and me. Call the owls to the nows, Bobby. of the Angry Folk Media Empire. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? 